Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. I'm J.J. Cooper, joined here by Matt Eddy, and we're talking minor league player of the year. If you've gone to our website today, you've, you've already seen it probably. If you haven't, we're going to let you know right now. <laughs> minor league player of the year, Will Myers, outfielder, slash third baseman, hard to believe I'm saying that, but slash third baseman for the Royals, is our player, the minor league player of the year. We're going to talk about Will, obviously, on this podcast, but we're also going to probably talk as much about how we came to the decision, and we'll even have maybe a little debate on it because I was one of the ones who voted for Will Myers. Matt Eddy voted for someone else. Someone else. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll start it off that way, though. So, Matt, take us through, if you would, kind of the final candidates. Who all did we consider and kind of who were the, uh, the last couple of candidates standing uh, besides Will Myers? Well, as it turned out, the uh, our top three finalists all began the year in the Texas League, actually. Crazy. Uh, Will Myers, we mentioned, uh, the Royals' uh, right fielder, center fielder. Uh, the runner-up in the voting was uh, Jerickson Profar of the Rangers, the shortstop with Frisco. And um, not far behind, if, if, if in fact, keeping pace with the other two is Oscar Tavares of the Cardinals. Right. Also right. played center field, who maybe profiles more as a right fielder, but, you know, it's getting the job done. Right, and... I think you can probably say that that's a similarity that him and Will Myers both have. Is both are seen probably long-term as a right fielder, but have played some a good bit of center this year. Um, if you're going on the deeper cuts, the other guys that I would say like at least started in the conversation, really I'd say the only pitcher. Uh, I'd say the pitchers we kind of looked at it like pretty quickly. It's like, okay, no, no, no. Dan Straley, I think if Dan Straley had stayed in the minors the entire season, he, I don't think he'd have won it, but he'd have definitely been in the consideration. The problem for Scraley was he got called up early enough that it's like, okay, well, his minor league numbers have stopped. He was leading the minors in strikeouts. He was on a, a really impressive strikeout rate, mm-hmm. but he ended up with 179 strikeouts, really good season. But the fact that he could not add to those numbers, major league numbers don't help you as far as our minor league player of the year, kind of dropped him out of the, the, the running pretty quickly. We did mention we talked about Billy Hamilton having the minor league all-time steals record is is very impressive. He didn't just do that; he also did hit for average, got on base as well, plays shortstop, doesn't play shortstop as well as Profar, but plays shortstop, you know, premium position. But the reality is is that he kind of dropped off because you look at it, and it's like you you have to give a whole lot of value to the steals to say that he would edge Profar if you're comparing shortstop to shortstop when you consider that Profar is younger, played the full season at double-A, Hamilton played half a season at double-A. Uh, a steals record is nice, but the reality is, is that it was going to be hard for him to edge Profar. I'm trying to think, was there anyone else who even... Yeah, I was thinking, you know, the top prospect arms like Garrett Cole and Jamison Tyone and Zach Wheeler, you know, they were, great, they were very, very effective, but probably not season's loud enough to be considered for right. player and of the when, year. When you think a, a pitcher getting player of the year, Matt Moore last year, mm-hmm. you know, we ended up, I mean, that was a very close. Matt Moore finished, I think, second in the minors in strikeouts last year. Very good ERA at AAA. You know, young for the league in AAA. Got edged out by, you know, a guy named Trout, who's, <laughs> who's a little okay. You know, he's okay himself. But, um, but I don't think anyone had a Matt Moore year this year. 
not. I don't, I don't think so either. No. I mean, when you look at the top pitcher who pitched in AAA, it's probably Tyler Skaggs, Trevor Bauer. I don't know. Um, and neither, I mean, they're Matt Harvey. Had, I was gonna say Skaggs and, and Bauer had to pitch in Reno, which is uh, I know they should get extra credit. I was gonna say if you have an ERA <laughs> under seven there, you pitch pretty well. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't think there was any pitcher. It was a, usually it's we. Usually it's kind of easy to break it down, okay, who's our top pitching candidate, who's our top hitting candidate, and kind of look at it that way. What this year it really was, it was like, okay, who's our top pitching candidate? Straley? He's not adding to his numbers. It was a, it was a, very, it was a great year. <laughs> but also is Dan Straley the you – because know, prospect status does play a part in this. Is Dan Straley the prospect that Will Myers jerks and Profar Oscar Tavares is? Well, no. Um <laughs> And so that kind of dropped off. It's like, okay, so we're stopping. We're not really discussing pitchers at this point. And then it ended up being kind of a an interesting three-way, three guys chasing each other's tail kind of as we talked through this because it came down to kind of breaking it down. You have Myers who played half the season in, well, a month and a half in AA and then the rest of the season at AAA at 21. Mm-hmm. You have Profar who played the full season AA essentially as a 19-year-old, if I remember correctly. Don't mm-hmm. have the age in front of me. I think it's 19, right. yeah. And then Tavares, who played the whole year in AA as a 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so we, at one point with the argument, it was, okay, well, Myers has had a better year offensively than Profar overall, especially with the power. And he ended up doing most of the damage at a higher level than Profar. But then, you know what, Profar plays a premium position, but also Profar is two years younger. And mm-hmm. he did it in double A. Very young for the Texas League. And yeah. we, there was some argument there for Profar. Which yeah, I, from what I'm told, I cast the lone dissenting vote for Profar. Um, my reason for that was, was just context. As you mentioned, he's two years younger than Myers. Uh, plays the most defending, uh, demanding non-catcher position on the diamond. Uh, he's and actually, plays, he plays, it well. plays it well. I was going to say, he's, he, he, made, he made more plays per game than all but five other double A shortstops. Uh, he skipped high A without any transition transitionary period, and he finished strong, too, something the Myers did not do. Myers really tailed off, whereas Profar continued to hit well down the stretch. That was the argument for Profar. Now, my interesting counter-argument <laughs> to that became, like, well, the problem I have with that, though, is, is that if you're going to give it to a guy who spent the whole year in the Texas League, I think you might have to give it to Tavares, because he's a year older, plays a less demanding position, but he had a better year, mm-hmm. I mean, a significantly, I would argue, a significantly better year offensively than Profar did. Mm-hmm. And which becomes an interesting three-way cycle. It's like, okay, I can see the argument for Profar and how he might trump Myers, but then the problem is, is that does Tavares trump Profar? But then when you do that, then the argument goes, well, Tavares is not that much younger than Myers. They played half, the first month and a half at the same level, then Myers went up to a higher level, only a little bit older than Tavares. And you could argue that Tavares's year, when you throw in the triple-A context and all, is no better than Myers, that Myers may have had a better year, and then it gets all confused. It, it was a, it, the best way to put it is this, it was a difficult debate. I mean, it's a, I don't think you're going to go wrong. Any one of those three guys would have been a very solid, we actually wrote about if you'll, in, you know, you've got the digital edition of the, uh, of the magazine, or again on the website, we're, we're putting it up there so you can see it. Uh, we wrote about all three because we found all three of the years interesting, and also I think another way to put it is, is that these three guys, if you're talking about position prospects in the minors, you, you, they're all going to be on the short list for the best position prospect in the minors, <laughs> safe to say. And then maybe the three best guys, Trout, Harper, and Machado, are all in the big leagues. They're yeah. all younger than these guys. 
that's the crazy part. Tipper profile. Yeah, that that is the crazy part. But uh, <laughs> but I, and we were talking about this before we started the podcast. So who do you think long term is going to be the best major leaguer out of this group? Yeah, that's kind of what I've been saying. It would not surprise me at all if Oscar Tavares was the best offensive player of this group. I don't think he's going to have Profar's overall value, but it would not surprise me if he's a better uh, offensive player than Will Myers. It would not surprise me at all either because I do think, like looking at it, you know, the the big thing I think that Tavares has done, there's two big things that he's done this year. One is he just keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. He's now, I think I remember him saying at the Futures game that he's now about 20 pounds more than he was a year and a half, two years ago. Which I saw him in the Happy League in 2010, yeah. He was, he was pretty thin. You know, he's, he, he's a lot thicker now, and that, thic- that thickness has turned into strength. So you've got that, and then you've got, he has definitely become more well-rounded, uh, more well-rounded as a player. He's still, he's still a hitter who does the other things okay. But he's better defensively than he was a year ago. He's better on the base pass than he was a year ago. Again, I wouldn't say yet that you could really say that he has any defensively or on the base pass. I'd say he's average at best right now, and that's at best. I mean, he still has some problems on routes at times. On the base pass, he's okay, but he's not getting picked off just from inattention like he was last year. But it's still a point of emphasis he needs to have. But I do think... If you say long-term, the thing that jumps out with him is is that there are very few players who can take as powerful and as violent a swing as he does and, still and make square up the baseball it is time amazing. and time and again. He's, and, he's striking out less than 10% of plate appearances versus right-handed pitchers. And, he, and no one takes a bigger hack. The best way I can describe it, you know, hashtag not a scout here, but uh, <laughs> uh, the best way I can describe it is think Pedroia-esque hack. I mean, because Dustin Pedroia is the guy that jumps out to me as a guy who, who swings from, it feels like swinging from his heels every time, and he manages to square up the baseball anyway. Yep. Oscar Tavares does that, the difference being that Dustin Pedroia does that, and he's a very, you know, he's small. Well, half, half the size. Oscar Tavares <laughs> is taking those cuts, but he's also massive. I mean, he's a, he's a much bigger man. And you combine that hand-eye, because that's what, I mean, you hear it too often. Well, that guy's Vladimir Guerrero-esque. He can hit a ball that's bounced up to the plate, or he can hit a ball over his head. I'm not going to go that far, but Oscar Tavares has some of that skill that wherever you throw it, and our story that Kerry Boer wrote for us on this made it a point. It's like, if you try to, hey, I'm going to throw it, I'm going to pitch away from Tavares. I'm going to not throw strikes to him. That doesn't mean he's not going to get a hit off of you. It's really hard to throw an 0-2 waste pitch, Oscar Tavares. Right. And that's long-term, again, any one of these three guys, like, I think that Jerks and Profar is probably going to have the best long-term career. If you said right now, who's my number one prospect in, in baseball, to me it's Jerks and, you know, it's, it's probably Jerks and Profar or Bundy. It's one of those two. I think Profar, the key thing being, the, the, the thing we don't know is, is, is he going to get to stay at shortstop? If he gets to stay at shortstop, because he's an excellent shortstop, if he, gets, if he has to move from shortstop, it's not going to be in any way, shape, or form because he can't handle shortstop. It's going to be simply because, well, hey, we have Elvis Andrus at short. We've got Ian Kinsler locked up at second. We've got Adrian Beltre backed up by Michael at third. So if they, unless the Rangers make a move, really the, the most logical spot for him to play to help them out is going to be center field. And yes, and if he ends up being a center fielder and he doesn't get to move back to shortstop, well, that would, take, that would hurt his value just from the standpoint of 
short center fielder is a valuable position, but if you've got a guy who can play shortstop, you want him playing shortstop. Yeah, I'm not sure he's a, a true blazing runner either. Like right. some, somebody you would think of I covering think he could, a ton of ground. I think he could handle he could be, center. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd be fine in center field, but but that would affect his value. And but again, that's not a knock against Will Myers. We just we have the stat we have with the uh, the package that you know the Player of the Year package that jumps out. Will Myers season we're recording this on a Friday. Season's not over yet. Will Myers has 36 home runs. You don't hit guys. Don't hit 36 home runs above a ball. At at his age, it just doesn't happen. I mean, that's we we went back and checked ten guys in the last fifty years, and really, if I said, I could also say seven guys in the last forty-eight years. There was something really wonky in El Paso in 1963, which had three guys <laughs> under the age of. Who are some of the contemporary names on that list? Mike Mustakis is on that list. Um, Oh, uh, boy, I should remember more of these. Mike Moustakis, there have not been I remember many. seeing Jose Canseco, 86, Jose Canseco, maybe? 85. 85, Huntsville. And, Huntsville and, did it. Um, there, There's not a lot of contemporary names on there. Uh, maybe a Ron Kittle in there, if I remember right. But there's not a lot of guys. The majority of guys are, are who've done it are either done or almost done with their big league careers. Moustakis is the most recent name that stands out. Um, fittingly, he did it in Omaha, too. I mean, that's, you know, that's, and the same year he did that, he didn't get called up in September, and it sounds like there's a pretty good chance that Myers may not get called up in September either. So. Different park, though, right? Was, didn't Moustakis play in Rosenblatt? Yeah, he, well, not, yeah, so yeah, so it is, it's a different park. It's kind of weird. Same town, different park, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, and, you know, but what Myers did this year, and I, you know, we're, we're not denigrating Myers anyway when we say that Profar and Tavares may end up having better careers. I think Will Myers is going to have a, a really excellent career too. He has he this year. He made a conscious effort to hit for more power, and he made a trade off because he's been a guy never struck out at the low rate that Tavares does, but he's been a guy not many strikeouts, good number of walks, high average, a lot of doubles guy before this year. Last year it was a bad year, but before that, like his breakout year he had two years ago, was a high average, some pop, you know, not many strikeouts. This year, he said to me in an interview for the story, he said, they're going to have me batting three, three, four, or five. They want me to hit more than 10 home runs. And he was his, his career high in homers before this year was 14. He made a conscious decision. I'm, I've got power in there. I'm going to hit for more power. I'm going to be more aggressive. I'm going to look to drive the ball more. I'm going to be a little... Less, I'm going to let take less of a, a two strike approach when I get to two strikes. If I got a chance, I'm still going to you know hit the ball out. And what we saw with that is strikeouts are up significantly over what he's done in the past. The power is also up dramatically over what we've done in the past. And what's interesting with that is is that I, I don't want to say it's like a dial, but I do think there is a certain amount of Will Myers can do either one for you if you want him to be kind of. I mean, if he ends up for some reason, batting two hole, you know, down the future in the future, I do think that he has the ability, the hand eye, the the hand eye coordination, the knowledge of the strike zones. If you said, okay, we want you to go out and be kind of more of a 290, 300, 350, 400 guy, you know, he can do that. Maybe even 370, for you know, 400, 450 guy. Um, or if you say you're batting in the middle of the order, we really want you to emphasize power, he could be that guy who hits 30-plus home runs. So he has that ability to kind of do 
either one. The thing that I think stands out to us about Tavares is, is that I think we both feel like that Tavares is going to do both. Just He's going to hit for average and power. and Certainly against right-handers. You know, like all young lefty power hitters, he's got to prove that you know he doesn't get loogied to death in late and close games. Right. Because if he's batting in the middle of the Cardinals lineup, all he's going to see is lefty relievers in tight spots. That's true. And um, I don't know about the balance of starting pitchers in that division. But well, we know this. For at least if, <laughs> if he comes up with them, you know at least if he's facing the Reds and it comes into the ninth inning, you know who he's facing. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> the thing with that is, is it doesn't matter if you're lefty or righty. It's just not fair <laughs> if you're facing Aroldis Chapman. But I sure don't want to be a lefty facing Aroldis Chapman. <laughs> but, uh, but what, you know, one of the things that we also, that's interesting with this, like, I, I'm trying to explain how we pick our minor league player of the year. We do – one of the things that is important is, is to understand is, is that it's not just who had the best year in the minors. Mm-hmm. It, it is – it's a prospect, the prospect who had the best year. We want that when we look back at it 10 years from now, we're really glad that Mike Trout was the guy we picked last year. We yep. wanted to look <laughs> back and go, hey, that stands out. Because it, it, so if you're, if you're wondering, Darren Ruff, most amazing month I've seen in a long time. Darren Ruff wasn't in the discussion for this. I know his surge came a little late for it, but the reality is is that Darren Ruff, uh, Darren Ruff's not going to win our, our minor league player of the year award. It's just not going to happen, right? No, you can look for him in the Phillies lineup maybe against uh, Mike Miner and John Neese next year, but um, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be a star on, on quite the level of right, these and, other guys. And that's what we're trying to, you know, the, the way I'm just trying to explain it is, is that, so I, I know I'm sure we'll get some questions, hey, did you consider this guy? Did you consider that guy? And it's not just who had the best year in the minors. Um, cause, and it's not even who had the best, you know, it's, it is that it's a combination of, I remember one of the first years that I was involved here in it was, you know, we're talking, was the year Jeremy Reed hit uh, almost 400. Oh, three? Yeah. And Really, what it came down to at the time was it's like, look, if you said who's had the best year in the minors this year, you could probably say it's Jeremy Reed. Do we think Jeremy Reed is going to have the lasting staying power in the big leagues? No. And so Jeremy Reed wasn't our minor league player of the year. There is a certain amount of imprint that we're putting on it that we think that whoever we pick as minor league player of the year is going to have a lasting big league career. And if you go back and look at the list of minor league players of the year we've had. Who was our worst one? John Rauch. John Rauch, yeah. I mean, Jeff Francis has been hurt, but Jeff Francis as peak was was pretty good. Yeah, he pitched for a World Series team. John Roush has had a long career. I mean, he's just but he's never been that. It was a bad year that year. Um, you know, I mean, if you said who, I think I think Delman Young has not met expectations. Right, Delman named, Young. We named him one year. I yeah, Delman Young is definitely in the uh, the Hall of uh, not so good uh, out of the minor players year. Greg Jeffries won it twice. Uh, <laughs> but the funny thing is that but Greg Jeffries was. I mean, he flamed out pretty, but he was actually a pretty useful player at his yeah, best. Yeah, he was. He was a first baseman for like the Tigers and Phillies, right? Right. I mean, because he was never that dynamic second baseman. That no, no. The the defense never really came along as as it should, but and obviously, it didn't work out that well for him in New York. And uh, <laughs> note for uh, for developing players, if you're having a hard time and they're booing you. Don't write a letter to WFAN saying <laughs> please stop booing me because it's just going to make it worse. <laughs> um, but you know, but yeah, Greg Jeffries was a two-time uh, minor league player of the year. He probably has had, but I mean, there's a lot of guys on that list who really kind of stand out. And again, last year Mike Trout, that that one kind of stands out just from the standpoint of 
Unbelievable. He, he's <laughs> just he's amazing. But congratulations again to Will Myers, our 2012 Minor League Player of the Year, and thank all of you for the download here on the Baseball America podcast. We'll be back next week with maybe a little Minor League playoff talk, talk a little prospects that are playing in the Minor League playoffs and, and kind of what's going on all around the minors. So thanks again for the download. We'll see you again next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.